podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Today, we're going to talk about earning a living. We're going to talk about being responsible with money. We're going to talk about choosing a a new career path during these times of of financial uncertainty. And man, are are we really dealing with some uncertainty right now? And we're going to do all that with today's guest. Our friend Chris Gillibo is back on the podcast. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Guys, it's such an honor. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. It's awesome to have you. Absolutely. Now, before we dive into our questions from our audience today, Chris, you've written quite a few books, uh, a few of them uh, that include The $100 Startup, uh, which uh, may be more more relevant than ever now. Also, Side Hustle, uh, and, and of course, your, your podcast, which is, is uh, the Side Hustle podcast. And, and I think that also might be more relevant now than ever. But your new book is called The Money Tree. And I want to talk to you about that book in a little bit. But I, I find that your work is really resonating with people right now because there's so much uncertainty. And it turns out that maybe this, all the this certainty that we've had up till now was maybe just a misnomer in the first place. Well, that's a good way to look at it. I think, uh, you know, at this point in time, people are questioning all kinds of assumptions, all kinds of assumptions, beliefs, principles, foundations, you know, th- you know, things that we have, you know, held near and dear for a long time. It's kind of like, you know, the world is turned upside down. And so when that happens, a lot of people are scared. You know, a lot of people are anxious and worried, uh, which is natural. Like I've, I've been worried. I've been anxious at different times throughout this process so far. But, you know, when the world's turned upside down, it also gives you a chance to to make some new, you know, assumptions, some new principles, some new foundations uh, for whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe a- talk a little bit about your your, your new book, uh, The Money Tree, and how mm-hmm. it would, how it's relevant today. Yeah, you know what's so interesting is uh, people are saying it's relevant. I'm like, well, I wrote it, you know, like a year ago. I had no sure. idea, obviously. And it's also a strange time to launch a book. You know, in some ways it's it's terrible. In some ways it's the best time. You know, but you know, leaving that aside, um, you know, the book is about finding the fortune in your own backyard, and it's a story. It's a narrative. I'm, I'm trying to teach something still, like I do in my other books, but uh, I'm trying to use a, a story that's relatable, that's that's entertaining and inspiring. And uh, it's essentially about you know a young young guy who has a good job, and he also has a lot of student loan debt, like so many people do. Mm. And he's facing all this financial pressure that then affects the rest of his life, his relationship, his day job, everything else. And he's just trying to find his way out. So he's trying to find different options. And you know, people make suggestions, and they say he should just work harder. They say he should you know <laughs> drive for a rideshare or whatever. Um, and obviously, those things aren't the you know, the ultimate solution. So he has to find something else. He ends up going to a group of people that are all trying to, you know, either get out of financial pressure or, you know, even if they're not facing immediate financial pressure to create something, you know, better for themselves in the future to create their own new way of life. Like you guys talk about a lot. Um, And so he basically like navigates that process. So it's essentially like the hero's journey applied to 
you know, somebody trying to create a new future for themselves, uh, create that financial economic security. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to dive into some questions we have from our audience because, Chris, I think you're really good at helping people out. So let's try to help some people out today. Awesome. Our first question is from Tony in Phoenix, Arizona. I work in a great company where I'm paid well and treated well, but I feel like my life is Groundhog Day. I feel really trapped working in an office, and I feel like I'm wasting my life sitting at a desk with only a few free hours a day to really live. And ultimately, I don't want to work for someone else, and I don't want to have a traditional office job, but I feel really stuck, and I don't know how to figure out an alternative. I don't have any debts or, or a monthly car payment. I just feel really ready for a big change as far as my work, but I don't know what to do um, or how to figure it out. So I was just wondering what advice you might have as to how I can figure out what my next step is. All right, Chris, I, I feel like you are the master of helping people uh, kind of get that inspiration to leave their job and to do something they, they really, really like. What, what would your advice be for Tony? Yeah, I mean, that's quite a setup, but thank you. Um, <laughs> Tony, thanks for that great question. Um, I think Tony's in an interesting position because, you know, she's in that job that she describes as being a pretty good job, you know, and she's treated well. So that's great. But a lot of people are realizing now, you know, whether, whether it's a good job or not a, not a good job, like security in the long term does not come from a job. Security in the long term doesn't come from a corporation. It doesn't come from the government, from an organization, you know, again, even a good company, organization or government. So, you know, she's really wise there in, in saying, you know, I want to do something else. Second thing is like, I think uh, it's, it's so much harder to leave a job that's decent or is good or is just like, okay, than it is to leave one in which you're miserable. You know, like in some ways, misery is a much better companion than mediocrity, right? Because mm. if you're miserable, you're like, I got to get out of this situation. Like I got, I got to change. But if it's like, okay, you know, it's like decent. Well, I should be for, I should feel, you know, fortunate because I have a job. I've got my health insurance, you know, et cetera. It's really hard for people to make changes in that place. Um, and so um, it's great that she's actually like being proactive and like you know, step. I want to actually, you know, make a change. Like I am dissatisfied. I am discontented. And it's so important, I believe, to pay attention to that, like to pay attention to that feeling of, uh, you know, something about this isn't right for me. It doesn't matter if it's right for somebody else. It doesn't matter that it's a good job. You know, if, if you know, other people are struggling, I can still struggle in different ways. Like your struggles are not, you know, comparative to others. So the discontent is there, the, you know, the desire is there. I think the next thing is, okay, so what are, what are we going to do? And at that point, I think a lot of people are focused on this dichotomy of like, I'm going to leave my job and start this other thing. And I always suggest, or almost always, you know, why do you have to, you know, leave your job to start the other thing? Why don't you start the other thing right now? Hmm. You know, why don't you start the other thing in whatever situation you're in? Even if you have limited time, like we, we all have limited time um, and people make time for what's important to them. So in some ways, being busy is like this benefit, actually, more than a handicap. Like if you've got limited time, you know, Tony, spend, spend one hour, you know, a day trying to figure out, okay, what is my next thing? Am I going to start a business? Am I going to start, if it's a business, what kind of business is it? Is it a product? Is it a, is it a service? You know, is it some kind of reselling thing or like whatever it is, what's the next step for that? And then I think from there, we could talk, you know, on and on about like all the different steps of like identifying the idea and how to implement the idea and such. But I think that's the path, basically. The path is to say, 
you know, today, basically, rather than think like four weeks in advance or four months in advance when you leave the job or whatever period it is, what am I going to do today to get closer to that goal of, of eventually, you know, finding more of my path, so to speak. Yeah. You know, we, we, we often, we often think about like, just if we're discontented with one area running into our boss's office and Mm -hmm. yelling, screw you, I quit. And, um, well, I suppose maybe there's a place for that somewhere, but, but that's not how reality works. And I like the practicality of your advice, Chris, not, not just what you you've talked to Tony about, but what you've written about and Mm -hmm. what you've podcasted about where it's not as, as cut and dry as simply walking away from or running away from your current job. It's having something Mm -hmm. to walk toward. Mm -hmm. And although I think sometimes we confuse excitement for passion. So maybe Mm -hmm. you can talk about as Tony is sorting through these ideas of what she wants to do next and finding Mm -hmm. what she wants to do next. uh, what, What are some ways to identify that? Yeah. Just thinking about that first thing you said uh, in terms of you know walking to your walking into your boss's office and saying screw you, I think there is a place for it. I mean, I think you said that well. Of like, you know, there's a time and a place for it, and I think you always have to ask like, what what are the stakes? Like, what is at stake here? And if you are you know 20 years old or you know, whatever it is, you're in an entry level job, you don't have a ton of responsibilities, you know, and your job sucks, then then why not just quit? You know, you might as well quit because you can you can probably find something better and. You know, in the worst case scenario, you're not really going to be that much that much worse off. But obviously, like you know, you guys have a lot of listeners who are older with families and mortgages, and you know, just the the burdens of life and all that kind of stuff. And part of the reason why they're attracted to this movement is they they want to live more simply. But it's a process, you know. It's gonna it's a mm-hmm. path. So how do you then go from? Uh, I think you put it like the separation of like excitement and passion. And I I would just add a couple words there, you know, skill and value. And so value, as I think of it, it's, you know, it's this business word that's thrown around all the time, but I think of of value as just helping people, you know, what, what you guys do with the podcast and everything else, it's, it's valuable, it's helping people. So, you know, Tony or anybody else, what can you do that helps people? What is, and then what is your skill more than what is your passion? What is your skill? Mm. You know, let's make a list of all the things that you are good at. I think that's a much more effective path than let's make a list of all the things you like to do. It doesn't mean you're going to end up doing something that you hate. I mean, normally what you're good at, we're also kind of passionate about. There is a connection there. But by focusing more on that, like what's going to be helpful to somebody else, it's, it's just a much better business path to go down than like, okay, I like ice cream. You know, how can I make money, you know, eating ice cream or something? There's probably some path to do that, but it might be easier sure. to be like, what am I actually really good at? You, you know, yeah. it, it, what's, what's fascinating about that, Chris, is... Uh, Quite often, when you think about businesses, you think that they're selling products or services, but ultimately what they're doing is they're helping people solve problems. Every successful business, no no matter whether they're a a Fortune 500 company or a mom and pop shop uh, uh, on your street, they are helping solve some sort of problem for Mm -hmm. their customers. And if you can help people do that, ultimately, if you're adding enough value to those people's lives, Mm -hmm. uh, the money does tend to show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I think, I, I think sometimes like the mistake people will make and you said it, Chris, like they'll, they'll say, what can I do? That's going to, what do I like? And, and how is it going to make me money? And instead mm-hmm. of tagging that last part on how it's going to make me money, just start with what do I like and how can I help people? Uh, the, right. the other thing too, is I feel like, um, another mistake people make, um, and I did this cause I was totally in Tony's situation and you know, mm-hmm. I can empathize where she was. 
Um, I was at a point where I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I was uh, in Groundhog Day. And for me, it wasn't about, I didn't start to think, oh, what can I do that I'm passionate about? What I started to think was, is how can I, how can I get to a point where I can leave my job and do something that will give me my time back? Because ultimately, yeah. that's what I wanted. I, I wanted more time during the week to do the things mm-hmm. that I love, to cultivate yeah. passions. Because at the time, I didn't necessarily know what I was mm-hmm. passionate about. And I think sometimes people, uh, they look at that new job as something that's this ultimate one answer, and they could do this for the rest of their lives, and they're never mm-hmm. going to hate their job again. But unfortunately, uh, the human condition is once we get used to something, once we master something, we always want to move on to something else. So, you know, I, I would I would give Tony a little advice and, and tell me if you agree with this, Chris. I would say, hey, you know, figure out what you want out of your job and and and, and figure out, uh, you know, what you want to do outside of your job. And, and and then maybe you can move towards that. Like for me, I thought to myself, okay, I want my time back. So how am I going to do that? Well, A, I've got to pay off some debt. So that was step number one for me, start paying off debt. And then my my ultimate goal and Josh's goal is we were going to, you know, go be baristas and eventually open up a coffee shop. And it wasn't like we loved making coffee, but we we had an interest in coffee and we really, uh, you know, we, we, a bit of a connoisseur of coffee. But ultimately, it was being a barista to work 30, maybe 40 hours a week, but having that time after my job to do things that I love. I didn't rely on that. You know, I wasn't thinking that barista job was going to be this magic uh, bullet answer for, uh, yeah, it was something that would give me my time back. You were passionate about getting your time back, which is a pretty, pretty powerful (laughs) motivator. And it's funny you mentioned the coffee thing because, you know, when I started doing my stuff like 20 years ago, you know, working for myself, um, I started by selling on eBay. You know, it literally was 21 years ago and you know, like eBay had just come out and I was selling stuff and it was so exciting because uh, I wasn't passionate about, like I'd started by selling stuff around my house and then like you run out of stuff around your house to sell and you start looking to see what else is selling and then, okay, I can buy Lego at this price or I can buy actually coffee as well. So I imported coffee for a while from Jamaica and resold it. <laughs> and I wasn't passionate about any of those items at all. Like I, did, I think I did cigars for a while. I did like fashion, women's purses, just all kinds, just random <laughs> stuff basically. Yeah. And not passionate about a single item or category, but yet, you know, the act of like learning to to create this, you know, economic, I don't influx. It was like, I'm getting PayPal notifications, like from people I don't know on the internet, like sending money to like buy stuff. It was so cool. I was like, this is great. I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm making, you know, twice as much money. It was like $15 an hour. And the last job I had was $8 an hour. And, you know, this is very motivating. Like if I learn more about this, I can probably do even better. And maybe eventually I will specialize in you know, later on I get, you know, better at something more specific and I don't want to sell Lego and coffee for the rest of my life. But mm. when I was doing it, uh, it, it was pretty fun. You know, I, I was surprised at how passionate I felt about something that I had never thought about before just because it was this new thing and it was bringing me that freedom. So very yeah. similar to you, Ryan. Yeah. Tony, I'm going to send you a copy of Chris's new book, The Money Tree. I think you'll find uh, a lot of value in that. And I want to just wish you good luck in your search for your new path. Uh, Kristen in Los Angeles has a question for us. After some serious soul searching and hard ass work throughout my 20s, I'm rounding the corner to 30 and feel at a real loss of direction. (laughs) I pursued and finished a specialized degree and penetrated the field very quickly and really grew professionally within the last six years. 
Um, I also made some bank money during that time and paid off my student loans. And yet, at 29, I realized this is not what I want to do anymore. Um, I find myself almost back to the start since my degree is so specialized and even entry-level positions in other industries won't look at me because I'm, air quotes, overqualified. Uh, do I go back to school and start this whole process over? I'm an intelligent human, so I know I can do really anything. I was so confident 10 years ago, and yet I feel unsure about what's next, especially when it involves debt yet again. Well, Kristen, unfortunately, I have some bad news for you. If you haven't discovered your passion by age 29, then you're never going to find it. And so, <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's what Chris's new advice. book's all about. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Chris, this is, this is fascinating. A few things that, that stood out here. Like she doesn't want to go in, in, into debt. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. I um, I don't do debt. Uh, we yeah. discourage people from doing debt mm-hmm. in general. In fact, uh, I think that's one of your principles w- with respect to you know, doing the you know, $100 startup. When someone comes to you and says, I only have $20,000 to start a business, mm-hmm. you will say, well, it sounds like you have yeah. too much money to start your business. That's right. That's right. But but with Kristen, she was so confident before, but now she's not feeling that same sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think that's directly correlated to how she feels about the, the current working environment. So here, here's what I think. Kristen, you know, what got you here won't take you there, basically. Mm-hmm. Like Kristen obviously is really smart. She's hardworking. She worked her ass off. I think she said, you know, saved money, you know, got that specialized degree. You know, so obviously all these qualifications, where you want to go next, you need a different skill set and you don't acquire that skill set by going back to school. So I'm not a big fan of telling people like what to do. You know, obviously, if you if that is the best path for you, then you go and do that. But just based on what what I heard there, you know, you've already followed that path. Basically, you follow that path. You know how to excel in that kind of environment, et cetera. And when you say I think she said something about how, like, I feel like I'm starting over. I don't, I, I just, I just disagree with that respectfully because, you know, at, at age 29, she's had a lot of experiences. It sounds very similar to me in some ways, you know, similar, but different because at age 29 is when I started thinking about what do I want to actually do with my life? Because I had done a bunch of different stuff and it all felt kind of random. Like I liked all the stuff I had done. I was an aid worker for several years. I had, you know, been that eBay entrepreneur. I had started traveling to a bunch of places, but there was really no connection between those things. And I was dissatisfied. And out of that experience is how I ended up starting a blog, The Art of Nonconformity and a lot of other stuff that came came later. So I don't I don't think she's going to start over. I think it's what what is the collection of this stuff that she has learned, the, the experiences, the knowledge. And the answer is probably not like, so just as it's probably not going back to school, it's also not, you know, the entry level position in some other industry um, because, you know, she is overqualified for that. The question is, what is she qualified to do? And, and it may not be an easy answer in the sense like this is the job on, you know, LinkedIn that you were supposed to go and apply for right now. It probably isn't actually. It probably is something that's a totally different direction. Like she's talking about like she's feeling dissatisfied or whatever words you know she used. So it probably is something that's completely different. And I don't know what that is, but I think you know what what got you here won't take you there. So therefore, this is the time to actually rethink maybe everything, perhaps. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Chris, you say I love that. that you said that, man. So Kristen isn't just starting over; she's starting over with experience, which is a yeah. huge perspective shift. And Kristen, like you, absolutely have to appreciate that. Uh, it, I, I do have one piece of advice on figuring out kind of what maybe Krista wants to do next. I know I did this when I was in the corporate world. 
I started just kind of daydreaming on jobs that I thought would be interesting. And I remember one specific job was uh, the CEO of the Better Business Bureau. And so I emailed the CEO of the Better Business Bureau in Dayton, Ohio. And I said, hey, I'm interested in what you do. Can I take you out and have a, you know, buy you a cup of coffee or buy you some lunch? And maybe we can talk about, you know, what your job looks like. And he was totally amicable to do that. And I did that with a couple other people. And some people said yes. Some people didn't respond to me, which is fine. But I I really loved that approach. I I don't regret that approach of going to different people whose jobs I was kind of interested in and just taking them out for a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and seeing what their job was like and see if, if it was something I wanted to pursue further. You know, Ryan, people often think that because age 29 is when we started The Minimalists mm-hmm. you know, a decade mm-hmm. ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, and people often think, well, you guys started over and you, you walked away. But Chris brings up such a good point that we really carried all the knowledge and the skills that we had developed over the course of the, uh, the 12 years uh, working at that corporation that we worked with. In fact, we were still working at the corporation. This is Chris's advice as well. It's not like we just left there and started a blog. We, we started the minimalists.com back in 2010, uh, a, a decade ago, and we were still in the corporate world uh, for quite a while afterward and, and still paying down debt. And so it was a more slow transition, but also all those skills, whether it was public speaking or, or presenting or business mm-hmm. writing uh, or managing people, leading people, these are all, all skills that carried forward to, to ultimately what we do right now. And, and we had established this nice foundation that this isn't a completely different thing from what we were doing before, even though uh, ostensibly it, it might appear to be uh, nothing like managing a bunch of retail stores. There are certainly some skills that move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the soft skills always carry forward. I think that's the thing too. Uh, when, when Kristen was talking about her skills, she's probably thinking about the hard skill. Like this is, I learned, you know, chemistry or electrical engineering or whatever, but the the skills that everything that joshua just mentioned and also like she talked about working your ass off well i have a feeling that a lot of people listen to this podcast or watch the video are overachievers which which is great Mm -hmm. but a lot of the population doesn't know how to work their ass off a lot of the population Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to manage like life and and work without getting into a lot of debt and feeling overwhelmed so she's got a lot of skills i'm sure I think those are the skills that that are highly valuable more than just like what your you know bachelor's degree or your master's degree or whatever is in Yes, yes, indeed. Absolutely. Kristen, I'd love to send you uh, a couple tickets to our Les Coast tour stop. We just had to reschedule this entire tour because we're <laughs> currently on quarantine. Uh, Chris, you're supposed to be out um, this this month in April doing a, mm-hmm. a West Coast tour of the United States and yep. Canada. And mm-hmm. we've moved that back to November. So anyone who got tickets, those are obviously going to transfer over. You don't have to worry about that. But Kristen, I'd love to invite you to this event we're, we're going to have a special guest there. We'll do a live version of the podcast. We'll give a talk about minimalism. People will be asking questions. We'll be answering those questions. You can come on out. We even have a special musical guest uh, for folks at home who are interested. It's just uh, theminimalists.com slash tour for tickets. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones, Ryan's and, and my phone. And we don't answer every question, although we're quarantined right now. So we're answering almost every single text <laughs> that we get. 
and uh, we do reply to as many as we can. Uh, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I and our guests, we attempt to answer questions with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. And we put mm-hmm. the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, uh, minimalmaxims.com. Ryan, what question we got? Our first question is from Cullen. What is the best advice you've ever gotten regarding money? Chris, have you gotten, you don't have to give us a a, a pithy answer, although if you have something tweetable, great. We can, we can maunder on a bit though and, and uh, (laughs) we'll tweeze out something. Beautiful. These these texts don't come to my phone, so I wasn't prepared. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I've got. Actually, I'm not. Actually, I'm not sure I've received a lot of advice about money. You know, so mm-hmm. I was trying. To, what is the best or the worst? I don't. I don't really know that I was ever taught about money. You know, for better or worse. Um, Isn't that one of the really the, not, the major failings of our school system? It seems yeah. like we're right. where we we teach geography and, and history and and and, mm-hmm. and certainly important subjects but we 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 tend to skip over some of the fundamentals of adult life and, and mm-hmm. one of those is how to manage money well my pithy answer is there's no such thing as good debt and uh for for me th- that advice i wish i would have been given that i wish it would have been seared into my brain Mm-hmm. at age 18 because at 18 i got my first credit card and from there i had uh like over uh, 10 credit cards in my wallet and and i was racking up debt making really good money spending even better money living paycheck yeah. to paycheck and really creating a lifestyle that wasn't only sustainable but it wasn't enjoyable either it was i was tethered to it because just because of that debt and so if you can avoid debt do whatever you can to avoid it that's that's really what i would say I totally agree with that, Josh. Now, I know some people listening to this, they might email us or tweet us and be like, but there's this one situation where, where, where you can leverage debt. And yeah, maybe maybe for someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who can, instead of paying $8 million up front for a house, he can take that $8 million and invest it into the stock market. I mean, there are exceptions to the rule, but I can tell you that personally, I've never had debt that I was grateful that I had ever. Uh, my, my, my pithy answer is this, though. Uh, well, first off, Josh, I think your advice, I think that is the best advice, but you know, uh, I guess the second best advice that comes to mind is it's never too late to start saving for retirement. Now I started saving for retirement uh, regularly when I was probably 29, 30 years old. So I wasn't too old, but that advice, I want to transfer that to anyone, you know, a 50 year old, 60 year old, 70 year old who's listening to this and they haven't started saving for debt. The, the, the lie that I think people get wrapped up in is, is, oh, it's too late for me to save up for retirement. And it's not going to uh, it's it's not going to be enough by the time I get there. But that's just not true. You can absolutely start saving anytime. Uh, the worst thing you can do is is not save. Chris, do you have any any uh, money advice? Um, maybe you haven't gotten a bunch of uh, uh, advice regarding mm-hmm. money, but uh, you you certainly must have some. Earning money is more important than saving money. <laughs> mm, that's my mm. advice. Expand yeah, that's on that. great. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I feel like um, so a lot of people are you know into the this uh, you know idea of like trying to save for early retirement. That's a very popular trend now, and uh, and I think it's good because that's also like a you know debt free kind of principle. Like debt is bad. Like I agree. Um, and there's there's two fundamental like approaches there. It's like one is like you you save as much as you possibly can. Some people are like I'm saving eighty percent of my salary and you know living on a thousand dollars a month and and that's I think that's admirable. But you know the the way that you're really going to like get ahead and build wealth if that is your goal or 
you can just think about a security or, you know, to be able to achieve more of whatever it is that you're trying to actually do. Um, you know, if you just have an average salary, it's, it's kind of a long road, you know, like, yes, it's true that like, you know, compound interest investing over time, you know, a hundred years from now, you know, a dollar will be whatever. And you're going to be, you know, hit by a bus, you know, the year before you retire, et cetera, et cetera. But the best thing you can do is really increase your income because if you increase your income then you can save more, but it's a lower percentage, you know, um, again, with an average salary, it's going to be very difficult to, if you have, if you have significant debt, let's say, which a lot of people do, you know, like I, I'm, I'm totally on board with that no debt philosophy, but I also just recognize that a lot of people kind of come to this perspective because of, yeah. you know, decisions that they made earlier. And so the way you're going to sort that problem out, um, is, is not by cutting out your, your coffee, you know, or whatever the example is, oh, I'm going to, you know, save $30 a month, you know, well, what if you made $300 more? A month because of a relatively simple thing that you did, uh, and that doesn't do that require walking away from your your current career. What you're talking about right. and what you talk about with your with your podcast is you can develop some sort of side hustle, a side business, mm-hmm. do uh, additional revenue streams in your own life mm-hmm. uh, that that are going to help you. So you're not worried about oh, should I buy lunch or coffee today? Yes, mm-hmm. right, exactly. I feel like these are these are choices that kind of weigh people down, they become burdensome and then they start feeling really bad about, you know, spending small amounts of money, like a small amount of money can often make your life better in a, in a, you know, pretty meaningful way, whether it is that, that coffee or something else. And I don't want people to just feel like they, they, every time they are spending money, then it's like this negative thing. You know, we have Mm -hmm. to like trade money for some other stuff that we need to live. And so the best thing you can do is to earn more money. Yeah. All right, before we get into our added value segment and our listener tips today, it looks like we have a bunch more surprise questions this week. Yes, indeed. What can these uncertain times tell us about minimalism? Everyone's talking about money IQ, but what about money EQ? What's the your emotional intelligence around money, especially in a time like this? Also, what's your 401k and retirement saving strategy and advice during these times? And how do you start your side hustle with hope? in an environment of fear. Plus, how do I break ties with the job to which I feel an emotional attachment? Plus, we got a bunch more questions for Chris. And if you want to hear all that, listen to this week's Maximal episode on The Minimalist Private Podcast. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly Minimal episode, but each week, Ryan and I and our guests record an entirely different, much longer Maximal episode on The Minimalist private podcast. Let me just say this. This isn't a bonus episode. It is a much longer episode. It's an entirely separate endeavor and it is just two bucks and it is the most honest way for this podcast to earn an income because we don't believe in advertisements. We think advertisements suck. So we make money only if you find value in and support what we create. By the way, when you subscribe to the Minimalist Private Podcast, you'll receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app. You can find all the details over at theminimalists.com slash support. Ryan, what else you got for us? Here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hey, Joshua and Ryan. This is Lewis from Wirral in the UK. I have a tip related to your 229th podcast, Tech Problems. The majority of us, when we receive a smartphone, never change the default sounds played for notifications received. So when we hear one of these default sounds, this can create an unnecessary urge for us to pull out our smartphones and only to find the notification was received on another nearby device. 
by changing the default sounds on your smartphone to sounds you don't hear within your home and working environment, over time you learn to disassociate these sounds with your smartphone. I have found this helps maintain my focus in busy environments and has reduced unnecessary checking of my own smartphone. Hey Josh and Ryan, this is Haley from Arkansas. I feel like I've noticed a lot of other parents that are trying to get into this minimalism thing, having trouble knowing what to do with all of the crafts and drawings and things that their children bring home from school. And uh, I recently discovered an app called Keepy. That's K-E-E-P-Y. And it's really neat. You can take a picture of whatever the item is and you can write a description of it you can um, put when it was created and where and then you can also record a video of your child describing what the drawing is of and um, you can separate it to all of your children so you have a different uh, folder for each child and then you can share all these things privately with whatever family and friends that you want to. The app costs about $15 a year, but that seems really reasonable to me to cut down on the stuff that you're saving. And then there's another app or um, website called Keepsake, and that's spelled with a Q. So it's Q-U-E-E-P-S-A-K-E. And it's a service to help with um, recording memories of your kids, kind of in place of a baby book, if you wanted. And you can go in and enter your child's information, and then they will text you questions as frequently as you want to pay for uh, the free services once a week, but you can have it every day for each child if you want to and also text pictures if you want to so they text you a question and you reply back and then they save it and then you can just log in and look at your book if you want you can print it out if you desire to at some point but that's another way that parents can cut down on some of the clutter that comes with um, the fun parts of parenting All right, y'all. Thanks again to Chris Gillibo for joining us today. You can check out his new book. It is called The Money Tree. You can also check out his podcast. It is called Side Hustle School. We'll put a link to both of those in the show notes. And real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists. Well, obviously, as you can see, if you're watching the video version of this, we are quarantined in our homes, but we're doing something called Quarantine Conversations over on Patreon right now. We're calling up some friends and also friends of the podcast and uh, getting their take on how they're not just thriving or they're not just surviving these times, but maybe there's a way to, to thrive uh, amidst all of the anxiety and fear and discontent and, and worry of these current times. We can get past that. In fact, uh, my daughter and I just did a, a video on Patreon right now called The Five Stages of Quarantine. We talked about the five stages of grief. I think maybe the sixth stage is thriving getting past the grief altogether of all of this and figuring out a way to thrive in these 
strange, unfortunate circumstances. So Ryan and I are going to call up some friends, get their unique perspective, just different friends from all different walks of life, uh, people we've known for a long time, maybe since childhood, people we've just met in the last few years, and trying to get their unique perspective on how they are handling, how they're coping with the, the, the momentary quarantine. You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at The Minimalists. If you have a comment, question, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. Comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You can also receive our simple Sunday emails each week over there. And for our added value this week, Ryan, have you listened to The weekend's new album? Oh, no, I haven't, man. I need to check it out. I didn't realize he he had one. Yeah, it just came out. And and like, I don't know if this is a great time to release an album or maybe it's like the perfect time. I'm not sure. (laughs) His music is kind of I think of his music as like driving around at night music, which you can still do, I guess, while while we're quarantined as long as you're driving around alone. But uh, what a perfect song title here. His new album is called After Hours, by the way. And this this Mm. song is called Escape from L.A. And I know there are some people who are doing that during the uh, the pandemic. And so, <laughs> you know, ahead. I will say that this is the time probably to create music for sure. I don't know if it's the best time to put an album out, but if you're sitting at home and you're a musician, write some music. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, here's The weekend. Uh, his song Escape from L.A. from the new album After Hours. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Your pillow talk to me about the men who try to get between. They buy your bags and jewelry. They think your kindness is so weak. No, you don't give it up so easy, baby. But you just want my attention. You just want my affection. You got me tattooed on your mind. You just want me all the time. That you need space, I give you space Now when you're ready, you know where I stay When it comes to all these holes, I'll never chase But this world is such a, such an evil place